top of the morning for Oaks Church. I'm Pastor Paul, Paul Gilbert, lead pastor here at Four Oaks Killarn. So glad that you have joined us for what we call Romans Rewind. So these pastoral devotionals are meant to kind of come behind the previous Sunday sermon and text and jump onto themes and ideas and theological constructs, things that we may not have had time to, to really delve into in the level of detail we wish we had the previous Sunday. And that's very um, apropos as it relates to the passage from this past week, because it is loaded, it is packed, it is dense um, as it relates to the many commands, imperatives, injunctions that Paul is giving. And so as we start this week, let me read the passage and then tell you where we're going to hone in this morning. So this is Romans 9, I'm sorry, 12 verse 9. So here we go. Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink, for by doing so you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. As you can see, there's a lot here. I want to spend um, start the week off by spending a little time on part of the passage that we really didn't hit on in any level of detail at all, and that is verses 19 through 21. And it's here that Paul is talking about our posture as Christians towards people who have hurt us or who are hurting us, people who might have done something to wrong us. They have said something behind our back. They, they maybe have betrayed us in some way. They have, they have, they brought some level of hurt to ourselves and our family. And let's think for a moment for ourselves, maybe how in the past you have responded when someone has hurt you, whether it be a small grievance or a very large grievance. And again, remember, we're talking about principles here. We have to, to know a specific situation to know how the principles that Paul talks about actually work themselves out in real life. But again, we do have to understand the principle. So think for a minute how you have responded or I have responded in the past to hurts. Well, we know enough about human nature to know there's, there's typically two kinds of responses okay and you know it's the, it goes along the fight or flight spectrum we either lash out get our dukes up get ready to enact some vengeance uh pay back some retribution or 
we distance ourselves. We remove ourselves entirely from the situation, or we try to make some level of, of peace by ignoring what's happened, and we kind of vacate the premise, so to speak. Well, Paul talks about here something much more proactive than withdrawal, and he talks about something much more loving than lashing out. And here, Paul says, and again, remember, Paul is never sweeping wrongdoing sin under the carpet, right? Um, he's simply talking about the way we should respond when personally offended or sinned against. And the reason Paul says we can do this and not lash out, okay, but instead to love and proactively engage for the good of the person to love our neighbor um, the reason we can do that is that vengeance belongs to the Lord. Um, so we never need to think that just because we're not enacting vengeance or justice or what's deserved in a situation that God won't or isn't. He's going to. That's why we can leave it and trust him in his hand, leave things in his hand. And so when we are tempted to, if somebody, I'm just making this up, post something uh, very personally hurtful to you um, that online you don't have to immediately retaliate by posting something equally hurtful about them. Um, doesn't mean it doesn't need to be addressed. That's what we're going to talk about here. But what it does mean is that we respond in a particular way. And the way forward that Paul is pointing us is towards a redemptive response. Paul's not saying don't respond. Oh, no, no, no. Paul's not saying sweep it under the rug. Just because he's saying don't return evil for evil or vengeance for vengeance doesn't mean that just because we 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 hold our you know keep our powder dry that somehow we've fulfilled love in this situation. No, no. Paul's saying we're anything but passive. We are actually proactive. Let's go back to the text. He said, "Beloved, beloved, verse nineteen. Never avenge yourselves, but leave it to wrath." God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay to the Lord. I will repay the Lord, says the Lord. So that, that's very clear. Don't avenge, don't take out wrath, vengeance is God. Now, verse 20 is the key verse. To the contrary, okay, so in other words, instead of lashing out and exacting vengeance, to the contrary, verse 20, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Now, Let's talk about how to unpack a difficult verse like that, because let's be honest, we get, we get the part about feeding our enemy, um, giving him something to drink, um, but this whole idea of heaping burning coals on his head is rather obscure, to, to be quite honest. So um, if we want to do a little research, one, we can note that, um, and again, I'm, I'm pulling up my, my, my Bible here, is... Let's go to the source to find out what is being referenced here. So it comes, turns out, this is a quote from Proverbs 25, 21 through 22. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink, for you will heat burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. So this is a quote Paul is using from Proverbs 25. And again, it seems pretty clear what Paul is saying to do. What's not clear is why Paul is saying to do it. In other words, 
what is to be the effect of this sort of kindness, not returning evil for evil, um, returning kindness for evil. And by the way, that's not a peripheral biblical theme. So just a couple of other passages, Luke 6, 27. Um, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you, to one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also, and from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. So not a peripheral thing. Jesus taught on this, okay? But what we're interested in knowing is what does Paul mean when he says, or what do the scriptures mean when they say, by returning good for evil, we will heap burning coals on our enemy's head. Now, in times like these, it's always helpful to reference a commentary um, if we're unclear about something. And so I do recommend this one, The Message of Romans by John Stott. It's, it's very straightforward, but super helpful and insightful. And as you can imagine, um, and of course, there, there's a variety of interpretations here, and, and Stott goes over several of them in his commentary. Um, but clearly, there was some sort of ancient practice, right, where, um, where, where this was some sort of proverbial statement. Well, when, when we look in the Old Testament, every time we see this idea of heaping coals on someone's head or... God heaping coals on the heads of its enemies, it always denotes judgment, okay? It always denotes this idea that um, how would you feel if someone heaped burning coals on your head? Well, you would be, you would be brought low. You would be shamed. You would feel stricken if your enemy sort of had their, their foot on the nape of your neck heaping burning coals that would burn it, it would be humiliating, in other words. Well, that's certainly true. But Paul seems to say that this act of kindness, okay, is a form of heaping coals on our enemy's head. So think for a second those times when you've done something wrong or you've offended someone and you've expected a harsh response, You've expected them to lash back out, but instead what they've given you is mercy and love and forgiveness and grace. Think about how that felt, okay? On one hand, you were incredibly thankful. You were incredibly grateful. You were, um, you were just humbled, okay, by the idea that, that, that you were given grace when you didn't deserve it. But there's also, is there not, a sense of shame and here I mean a godly shame where you are humbled because you realize the thing you did deserved a wicked response in return, but what you got was grace. And it humbles you. It brings a sense of shame to know that your enemy acted better than you did in that circumstance. And what this is meant to do here, I believe, and Stott would, I think, would, would, would back this up, is that this is a redemptive sort of shame. This is a shame that as we are returning, not evil for evil, but good for evil, that this is in effect bringing a sense of embarrassment, shame to the other person that they have acted as they have acted um, and that we have not lashed out. And the net effect of that is that this would induce a repentant heart on their part. They would, they, would, they would be ashamed of their actions to the extent, 
that they would come and be humbled and say, um, what I did was wrong and the way that I responded to you. And now as a brother or sister in Christ, I want to humbly bring reconciliation to our interactions. That's what I think Paul means when he goes on to say, verse 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So, so keeping burning coals on someone's head, it, is, it does play on this idea of the Old Testament theme of shame, but and 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 judgment, little J, right? That con- sense of conviction, of shame, of embarrassment. But it's not to to bring death; it brings life. It brings a redemptive thought where someone is then, because of the kindness of your actions, is able to see the wickedness or sinfulness of their actions, and thus be brought low, thus be caught up short, and thus have their own sin magnified as it contrasts with the good deeds that you were showing in response. I think that's the the nature of this. Now, this raises a whole host of other questions, which we won't get to today, but we will get to tomorrow as we continue to unpack this portion of Romans 12. Let's pray. Lord, ultimately, we can show grace to our enemies because you showed grace to us, your enemies. And we pray, Father, that today you would show us what it means to love those who persecute us, to to not return evil for evil, but return evil with good. And Lord, that you would bring great redemption out from it. Lord, we ask these things in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.